0: You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast one week before the NFL Draft. We will discuss the most important position of them all today, quarterback. I know Joe's been looking forward to this for a long time. It's not about one person. I know Mike Chappell has been looking forward to this for a long time. And Chris Ballard will tell you he, uh, he does not look forward to this because it's not about one person, right, Mike, just like you just said? Until
1: you get the one person.
0: And then it's all about that one person, as we witnessed this week with Jalen Hurts getting paid in the NFL, which is kind of where we're going to begin. We'll do that before we uh, hop into a little bit of Colts news. But, uh, but Mike was, uh, had his calculator out as we were getting ready for the podcast. We, he was uh, breaking down numbers um, because, obviously, well, what, once you get the quarterback, I mean, that's the first problem. Then the next problem is you have to pay the quarterback, and uh, it's it's very much intertwined, Mike, with, with uh, multiple other stories that have impacts on the Colts. You, you talk about, hey, should the Colts go out and get Lamar Jackson? Hey, should they go out and uh, trade for Trey Lance? Um, uh, uh, it be, eventually, they have to get paid. Jalen Hurts gets paid, and uh, you, you were just you were. Uh, throwing some numbers out before we began, what what numbers stuck out to you about this big deal for Jalen Hurts, especially how it connects with uh, a possible uh, Lamar Jackson deal or anything that any team would have to do to sign a quarterback at this stage in his career?
1: Well, it's it, it, it's it's a perfect example of, I guess, don't believe the numbers, or you can do whatever you want with the numbers because the contract is at the highest paid or the highest yeah, highest paid, yeah, fifty one million a year. His it, it included a twenty four million dollars <laughs> signing bonus. His cap number this year is six million. Six. It, his cap number next year is thirteen five, and then twenty one seven, and then thirty one seven. I couldn't see what it was in twenty twenty seven, but it's got to be through the roof. Right. But that's when, if you're a smart team and the Eagles are, then you redo the contract again and you extend him another four or five years, and like God knows what quarterback contracts will be worth. In 2027.
2: Then. Yeah. Probably just own the team, I think. I mean, it's, it's, it's,
1: there has to be a ceiling, but maybe not. I mean.
0: We haven't found it yet.
1: No, because would you like to, you know, as soon as Jalen Hurts' uh, contract was done, don't you think Joe Burrow said, nice contract, watch me? Uh-huh. I And, think so. and the guy that, like you mentioned, Lamar Jackson, I don't think this helps him. I, it's it's setting a market that he doesn't believe in. And now does that mean that he goes back to, you know, th- th- does does it mean more likely that he plays on the franchise tag, 32 million? Or does he come, I don't want to say come to his senses, that's not accurate, but does he realize that what he thought he could get, he won't get? And, you know, let's say that Joe Burrow comes in, you know, $5 over Jalen Hurts. Isn't that the market? And doesn't Lamar Jackson say, "Okay, Baltimore, what do you think about these numbers?" Because it's all about the guaranteed money. That's all that matters. So it's 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 a it's amazing. I I remember back in the day with Peyton Manning, and you thought the numbers he were were getting were just unbelievable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and now that's like a backup quarterback's numbers.
0: I mean, when when the NFL really went to this. This free agency and things booming uh, was in the mid-90s, and the first big free agent there was Reggie White going from the Eagles to the Green Bay Packers. And uh, you look back at that contract, and I forget exactly how much it was, but he was paid just like a couple million dollars a year. That was it. And that was that was mammoth. That was huge. That was game-changing. It's something I still, that we still talk about now as something that changed the game in the NFL and free agency and contracts and players earning money. And now it's at... 50 million dollars a year in a matter of 25 30 years you know, what,
1: what would a a 20 year old Reggie white command on the open market now I mean it's it would be sort of an Aaron Donald if he was out there what would you pay for him but and the salary cap it's all about how you can man- maneuver and, and it keeps going up and up and it's always going to keep going up and up and again the really good teams know how to work the cap like right now the culture Twenty-two million under the cap, and as Jim Mersey always says, it's it's not so much. And so does Ballard. It's not so much the cap as it's cash. It, it's how much cash do you have to, to fork out on any given contract, whether it's a Michael Pittman extension, whether it's a JT uh, extension. But the numbers are only going to go up. It, it's we're in that place. That it's sort of. If you're going to be a football player, be a quarterback, a left tackle, or an edge rusher.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody else, you can sort of—I don't know—get by without.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the the Lamar Jackson point, Joe. Uh, this, this Jalen Hurts deal is about 80% guaranteed, something like that. Um, uh, maybe it's a little bit less than that. I I did the math earlier. Maybe what, I did the math on What's guaranteed? 179. Yeah, 179 I'll over 255. I'll get my calculator. Uh, so I'll, 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 I'll save it. Two from five. What?
2: 65%. Uh, yeah, yeah. That,
0: that's, that's that's about 70%. percent i guess 70%. Yeah, 70%. 70%. My bad. I was thinking of something else. Yeah, 70% guaranteed. So, um, like Mike said, I think if Lamar Jackson was still pining for that fully guaranteed contract, I just don't know. Uh, for for a while, we guess, well, maybe a desperate team might might think about doing it, and then Jim Irsay came out as very much against it at owner meetings. Probably just so we're like, well, it's for not, the owners. Exactly. Well, it's not going to be the Colts, and maybe not anybody. Uh, after After this— and it, like Mike said, if if others happen, especially if we see Joe Burrow or, or anything like that go down, Justin Herbert doesn't he Justin do? Herbert. Yes, it, it, there's there's, there's got to be a zero percent chance that a team offers Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed contract.
1: Doesn't Burrow get a better contract
0: than Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I th- I think yeah. maybe I would say so. I would
1: argue. I could argue against Justin Herbert because he's a great player, but they've really not done a ton yeah. behind him. But Joe Burrow, I'm telling you, he's
0: Top four, top three. He's been to a Super Bowl. Yes. And he's coming off an ACL injury. He went to the Super Bowl. Last year, he was darn close to it again. But
2: yeah. Yeah. If I'm the Ravens, so this is 255 total. I love
0: this deal if I'm the Ravens. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm, I love it.
2: I go, okay, we'll give you 260 total and 190 guaranteed. Boom. And, if you're Lamar Jackson, that's gotta that, that's gotta sound pretty darn good, right? I know it's not what he wants—the full guaranteed contract—but that's still you're you're gonna be fine, buddy. Like it, that, it, that's a lot of money.
1: It would be like it, it would be twisting an, an Edger and James quote where I only went to college for two years, but I know what the term voluntary means. Right. I know what the term guaranteed means. It means you've got it in your pocket. Right. So that, again, that's what, that's what all of these contracts are about—is is front-ended guaranteed, and again, I, I just think that as much as Lamar Jackson hates it, the league is is setting the market for what any elite quarterback is worth.
0: If you want to be rich, maybe not quite as rich as uh, Jalen Hurts, maybe you can be a millionaire with Jim Irsay's money. a great contest. Otherwise. It is. When, when Jim Irsay tweeted out uh, earlier in the week that he was going to give his, uh, his biggest contest ever, it certainly uh, raised my eyebrows. Like, oh, like, oh, what's, what's Jim got planned here? And then he announces a $1 million schedule challenge. Jim say will award $1 million to anyone who can predict the Colts' regular season schedule all 18 weeks, perfectly. Including the bye week.
2: Including the bye week, yes.
0: He could have made it $10 million. Exactly. Everything's made up and the number really doesn't
2: matter. I was trying to, you know, I'm not good enough at math to figure out what the odds are on that. I, I learned it at one certain point. It's like, the first week's like what eighteen different choices, and right. the second week would oh, be seventeen. 17 so it'd be
0: eighteen factorial. Would be the but not uh, really the because
2: word. there's not going to be a bye week in week one, so it's not like completely even like that. If you know, right? You're you're not wrong. So the the odds on it are really wonky, but they're big. It, yes. It's going to be nearly impossible to get this correct, but Good I still point. filled mine
1: out. G- give me at Carolina for the opener. Same. Yep.
2: That's what I did exactly.
1: And, and nice. then 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 what I would do, I would have it at Jacksonville to end it. No, very next uh, game. too.
2: I think I had the last game. It's against Jacksonville. I can't. remember. But you've
1: got to get that. You've got to get that Jacksonville because it's it's how it was last year. You know, you got you got this season opening you know drought going on, and then you got Jacksonville. Well, here's a chance to get rid of both of them, mm-hmm. and you just kind of saw yourself in both of them.
0: I, I think you could uh, you can put a Texans game up near the front too because you'll have maybe one, two of the uh, the top quarterbacks True. in this draft, going and the up league looks at other. that. Yep, absolutely. Um, and, and then, of course, you would you would assume that both those quarterbacks would be starting week It'd two. It could be
1: Gardner Minshew against Davis Mills. I know,
0: right? And the <laughs> league would be like, woo, th- th- yay. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Um, it could be Trey Lance against somebody. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport is reporting on Wednesday. The teams have inquired in San Francisco about trading for the former third overall pick just two seasons ago. Lance will be 23 years old in May. He's made four career starts. But his season last year ended quite early with an ankle injury, fracture, and ligaments. It was not a pretty injury. Um, so he's another quarterback who could be on the market, who could be at least feeling calls for, especially after Brock Purdy uh, did what he did last year until he got hurt in the playoffs. And I mean, when he got hurt, San Francisco did nothing on offense against the Eagles there in the in the playoffs. So I, when when he was done, the, the team was done. And he's, um, I think, is it John Lynch? Who's with San Francisco? Somebody yes. there said yeah. that seemed to say that he's earned the right. To Purdy. I think Purdy. Yeah, Purdy has earned if the right. Trey I thought somebody said something to that extent. He has earned the right to kind of be be number one at this point.
1: If Trey Lance were in this draft, isn't he number one?
2: He'd be up there somewhere. I don't know if he'd be number two? one. Yeah, he'd be in the yeah. two or three. I think Bryce Young would still be number one. I think Bryce Young. Yeah. Pretty awesome. I mean, the one and only complaint is his size. Right. Everything else he does well, right. which
0: is you can't fix. No,
2: Compliant. I mean you can yes. feed him some cheeseburgers. You can beef him up a little you bit. You can stuff
0: some uh, some soles there in his shoes. Yeah. Comes, right. He comes out 5'10", 220.
2: Yeah, just a dum unit. Dum. No, no. Um, I, I would. I mean, it, it's interesting because Trey Lance younger than Will Levis, even though he's been in the league for two years, um, but. It's got to say something if the 49ers are willing to ship him off after they traded three first-round picks to go up and get him. Um, Teams don't just let quarterbacks go like that. So if they're willing to let him go, that kind of tells me right there that I probably don't want
1: him. For a quarterback who had a shoulder injury. Right. Right? Is that what Purdy had?
0: Yeah. Well, it was an elbow. 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 Okay. Well, okay. Even better. Even better.
1: So, yeah. I see Joe's going Would the Should the Colts trade for him? I wouldn't. I, I would stay where I'm at. and.
2: I wouldn't because you're already two years into his rookie contract. Correct. So that whole advantage that it would give you, for, for a guy who's basically a rookie still, he's right. played, he started four games, and one of them, he had the ankle injury early, so it wasn't even a full start. Um, then he would have to come over and learn a new offense. So it would almost be like having a rookie quarterback, just you don't get the – Advantage of paying him very cheap right. contract for the yeah, first yeah. three to four years, the, the bill
0: comes due even quicker in, in that sense. So uh, it, it would it would for for me, if you want to trade with him, it would completely depend on the price because the bill comes due quicker. And, and I don't think San Francisco would give up Lance for a price I would be willing to pay for him. Considering what, like you said, well, considering what they paid to get him, exactly, exactly. So. So that's how I feel about yeah. that. And San, like San Francisco could hold on to him, and he he'd be a backup uh, to Purdy. Like there's there's nothing wrong with having a backup right there. So they're not they're not pining to get rid of him right now. He's only in like you said his third year of his deal. He has at least one more before it would shoot up dramatically in fifth year if they picked up the option. So um, so there's no there's there's no desperation. I don't think to move him from San Francisco's point of view right now. And they, they don't seem to be, to me, a team that, that moves in desperation anyway. Like, they, they've made smart moves. They've made good, solid moves. They've made smart uh, trades and to, to get what they have uh, to move up and to take right the right guys. They seem to be a well-run organization is what I'm saying, so I doubt they just part with them for nothing. So that's how I feel about that. Um yeah, really exciting week coming up, guys. We've we've been looking forward to this for some time. And,
1: and as much as we've talked about this for the last gosh, I don't want to say two months, there's no more clarity now than there was a month ago. Probably less less because now you're hearing all this buzz about if Bryce Young goes one, that Houston is not taking a quarterback. And we know Arizona won't take a quarterback. Lisa Colts at four, but we've and, and I've always thought that Arizona won't pick three. I I just Somebody moves up. Does somebody move up to two? You know, why? If, if you're willing to move to three, would you move up to two to get your quarterback? And, and, and then that's what's crazy is again, desperation or urgency to get that guy makes you do crazy things. So, one of the questions that I want to ask Chris Ballard tomorrow when we talk to him is do you guys have a, with all the work they've done, and they, these guys work their butts off. Do they have any real feel for how the top three picks are going to go? Not necessarily player, but but teams. Right? Do, do they anticipate teams moving up? Should the Colts move up to two? I I, I would guess no, but I wouldn't think if so. If you if you don't, you've got to be darn comfortable at four. You're going to get a guy that I guess sh- that you can live with, which is such an awful phrase. Mm-hmm. But if you're not Sold that one of those guys is really a game changer, but might be pretty good. Do you stay at four or do you just move up? Somebody's moving up. Somebody's going to move up ahead of you, either – One team or two teams. Yeah,
0: Yeah, let's get into that in a minute. But first, uh, what does Hancock Health's membership in the Mayo Clinic Care Network mean for you? It means our independent health network now has access to the knowledge and resources of the world leader in medicine. It means your Hancock Health doctor can now consult with Mayo Clinic specialists to confirm a diagnosis or treatment plan. And it means that together we're making health possible for you. Learn more about our new clinical collaboration at hancockregional.org front slash Mayo Clinic. Need new windows? Contact your hometown team today. Hometown Window and Doors are Central Indiana's premier, locally owned, full-service Anderson Window dealer with master installers. From design to installation, the hometown team handles it all. They carry unlimited options with competitive pricing. Call them direct to get 25% off your windows if you call within the next 60 days. Hometown Window and Doors gives you all the perks of a national brand with a hometown feel. Visit them at hometownwindowteam.com today. Before we dive headfirst into quarterbacks, we'll briefly touch on uh, our availability with the Colts this week at their offseason program. It is week two, so we got to speak to the coordinators, and we got to speak to a couple of key players. Uh, Among the the group, Gus Bradley, of course, defensive coordinator, is back. New offensive coordinator, Jim Bob Cooter, is here. And uh, the players we uh, heard from Shaquille Leonard, big updates from Shaq, and also from Ryan Kelly and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, out of everyone who spoke, uh, let, I, I think Shaquille was the one that we were most looking forward to of, the, of this group chat. Uh, so uh, from, from your perspective, uh, what would you think about what he had to say? And uh, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll throw out there, I don't care what he says right now. Like, I care what he does. So, I mean, it's, it's fine to hear from him. And, and you hear that like, he, he doesn't appear downtrodden right now. He doesn't appear to, to sound like things are terrible, so, so that's good. But until he's on the field, until he's running, until he's working out, like, I, I, there's very little that he could say that, uh, that makes me feel great for what the season is to come, just because of what happened over the last year, and, and and not that I think that things are going to be bad, but just because of how things have gone, I want to see something happen. I just want to see it with my own eyes, and I don't I don't intend that to be disrespectful to Shaquille, although maybe I should because that might make him come back faster. You know, if he listens to this podcast, yeah, the man needs motivation. B- I'm a big fan of the Colts Blue Zone podcast, Shaquille Leonard. Uh, but but that, I'm telling you, yeah, what, what do you it,
1: think? It, it, if you trash Shaq on this. Podcast. He'll hear it eventually. Someone will tell him.
0: I know. Somebody will. He'll listen to it.
1: It's I, not my intention. I, I, my takeaway was, I, I wish he had been more, not forthcoming, because he really opened up about it. I wish there was further. Uh, he was further along in his rehab than it seems that he is. I think we're five months out from his sur- second surgery, maybe a shade over five months. And encouraging, he said, I'm getting my strength back in the calf and my explosiveness and and mobility, Julie. All
0: of that. Yet he's not fully
1: fully doing things yet. He's he's not really he's, running. He's yet. not really running so,
0: yet. So you know you have some explosion back in it, but still you're not running. So how much that, do you that, really know about? it is what I'm saying.
1: That concerns me a little bit. I, I just would, but but see I'm basing that on the previous rehab last off season from June to August. Let's say let's just say three months. When he was back on the field, now as it turns out, he was back on the field too soon, probably. Right. He he did hurry it because there's there is an urgency to play because that's your job. You're a major player. I I just kind of wish they'd say, yeah, you know, I'm at the point because I asked him. I said, have you been cleared? Are you medically cleared to do everything? And it was well, I've been cleared, but not to do everything. And that's where he mentioned the not running yet. I think he'd really like to be able to do something during OTAs. You know, again, whatever something is, is is anybody's guess. But to me, the whole thing is, he, I I hope that he is not on pup come training camp, which is the end of July, and that he's that he's to the point that he can practice. And there's no question that if he's cleared to practice, it will be an ease in. Yeah. Training camp. I, I guess I wish I had heard more that I'm I, I, not that I'm back, but I, I'm I'm really close to being back. But that's that's just my my impression, and I'm all and I'm basing it all on comparing it to the last time when he had shorter time and he was playing, but it, in retrospect he shouldn't have been, and he said that he said I hurt my team, so. But, but at least he, he did say, where well, you know, I've, I'm getting some of the explosion back on my cast feeling better and I can feel it just walking. So that's encouraging. But it, again, it, like you said, until he's out there practicing, I mean, practicing. Right. You know, you just don't know.
0: There, there will be absolutely no rushing him back this time, Joe. It's going to take some time, I think, just because of how it went down last time and him working back too soon. So so li- like like Mike and I have, have said, it's it's. Like it's good to hear from him. It's good to hear that things are at least moving forward. Albeit, we would like to see maybe a little bit more right now. But but it doesn't matter what we want to think. Like Shaquille is taking things very much on on doctor's time this time and and moving very slowly along with this rehab.
2: I would be shocked if at the beginning of the season, Shaq Leonard is the maniac that we've known from the past. But
0: but
1: will he be playing?
2: Maybe in some capacity. I think he'll be out there in some capacity. Maybe, maybe not. Well, he I he think needs to
1: be in the starting lineup come September.
2: I think a, the way I would look at this season as a success for Shaq is if by the end of the year, we're starting to see the old maniac again. I think this season, it's going to take the entirety of the season for him to get back into form. it based on what we've seen last year, the significance of the injury, the unique nature of this injury, this is no small deal. And, you know, lost feeling in his calf. Like, this is no small deal. And he's got to relearn how to get back out there and basically retrain his calf to fire like it used to. And so I'm not anticipating Shaq being a major factor until hopefully if things go well the end of the season
1: as long as he gets back. <laughs> right, right, cuz cuz they, you know, f- from a team standpoint, they've got a ton invested in him. Right. But from a just also from a team standpoint, he's that important to this defense. Very much so. Defense played very well last year until until it didn't. And that was with Shaq doing virtually not he had what was it 74 snaps? That was it. That was it. Just One a interception games. that just sort of fell to him. Fell, yeah, really it did. Yeah. That, that that that'll be a negative heel. Exactly. You're I mean,
0: yet again, no disrespect to the man, it, it, but the ball came to it, it's he's,
2: fine. He's, he's got a gravity. Like you can, yeah. about him. The yeah. there ball's just coming to him. Yeah. But but they he need does. him. They need him back.
1: I I tend to think he'll be back sooner than what you're saying. But I understand what you're saying. This is a unique injury. Anytime you're
0: dealing with the back and nerves and discs and all that, I mean, all bets are off. I mean, they, they need him back for for several reasons. One of them is also like they're going to be down four or five guys from that starting unit last year. I mean, like like you said, like you five. hit that chap. Yeah, five guys. Like the first two thirds of the season, it was a pretty good defense. It really was. And then they completely lost the uh, went off the rails down the stretch, starting in Dallas, going to Minnesota, et cetera, et cetera. Boom, boom, boom. And it was it was a disaster. But like you, you don't have Stephon Gilmore anymore. You don't have Rodney McLeod anymore. You for don't. Now. Uh, Maybe they for now. Invite. Maybe they do. You don't have Yannick Ngakwe, uh who led you in sacks last year. Hey, Sean, who, who Bradley
2: who, basically confirmed. He yesterday. said he's not coming back. Yeah. Yes,
0: exactly. So I mean that brings me uh, chap to Gus Bradley, uh, who who spoke this week as well. Uh, he's back. I, I like what he had to say about his time with Steichen. Like I, I it wasn't really even in my mind about his time before with Steichen when he was with the Chargers. So they had a prior relationship, so that hopefully makes the – grease the wheels, grease the skids, uh, let, lets this relationship uh, work a little bit. But uh, but what were your takeaways from uh, from listening to Gus talk uh, as he's entering his second year here in Indy?
1: He's always upbeat. And, again, what I ask him about is how do you balance having the positive of the second year in your system to where you can grow to missing five integral players? You know, again, on and – Okerake. I mean, it's you've got five starters who are gone, so you just don't know, and it, it's a very, very uh, thin cornerback <laughs> class. But but he, you know, he he gives you the old next man up, and this will be a great opportunity for EJ Speed, uh, which is that that's how you draft Joe's
2: guy. That's right. But, I, I B- who basically is going to be considered a s- starter at this correct. point
0: until Shaq is complete. And, and, that, and
1: that's how you draft. That, that's that's what you do. You know, you you when you get a shack, okay, you re-sign him. But when you get that second tier linebacker, you know, Anthony Walker, and then and then O'Karake, well, you move on because because you do. You want to get younger and cheaper at the, the non-feature position.
0: You can't like you can pay one linebacker and and be okay. If you pay two linebackers,
2: uh, if we re three of their own with. Franklin as well.
0: Yeah, so. it's true. I mean, big pay is what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. That's what. Yeah, you, no, you know I got what I mean. You. Yeah, thank you. And, and and yeah, of course they signed Zaire. You, need, you need to sign Zaire. Uncuttable. As, but but uh, beyond that, with the famous, coordinators, uh, it was really uh, kind of hard.
1: difficult. We 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 asked for Brian Mason because we wanted to get a comment on Matt Gay because when we we first met, right, special teams coach, he couldn't talk about him. Exactly. He's like, who? But, what? And, and with with Jim Bob, it's still sort of th- every question you want to ask is how. And the question came up is how how difficult it is to, is it to install your offense now, which is what they're doing, without knowing who your quarterback is. So you just install the offense, and then you know you're going to make adjustments depending on the strengths and weaknesses of your quarterback. Well,
0: they got Nick Foles out there to to help run the offense. Sam Ellinger
1: season. and and. Uh, and Gardner Minshew, of course. Minshew, Minshew mania.
0: Are, are you going to ask Chris Ballard tomorrow if uh, w- why Nick Foles is still on the roster? I can't bring myself to do it, <laughs> I, and I don't know why. I just <laughs> probably because there are too many other important things to ask. Him we we don't get part. a
1: roll call of who's here. I I'm wondering if Nick Foles is in the building. I'm guessing not. But hey, if,
0: you know, I, I did not see him in the video the Colts tweeted out of uh, Shane they, Steichen's and they, first, uh, and, first and they put there.
1: and they put. Put a uh, lot of guys out. Pictures there. out of about a about 90 guys it seemed like on yep. Colts.com, and he wasn't one of them. Yep. It's it's just it's an odd thing. Yes, you save a couple million dollars, but right now there's no I guess there's no reason to. Right. Although if Nick Foles still wants to play, it's keeping him from Signing going up, somewhere else. from going elsewhere, I guess. Right. But I think a lot of us anticipate him retiring. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's one of those you've got a thorn in your side and you just leave it there. Mm-hmm. I just don't know why he's still here, but it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things one way or the other.
0: Some people maybe wondered why Ryan Kelly was still here after last year, and uh, well, it was certainly a possibility that he could have been moved, and Chris Ballard admitted as much the first time we spoke to him this offseason, saying they fielded some calls about him, about Kenny Moore, but uh, but Kelly is still here. Uh, Ballard says because he's a good player, and you don't just, just let good players go. Um, but uh, nevertheless, when, when Kelly spoke this week, uh reiterated some of the problems from last year, and uh, and looking ahead to a new season where hopefully Chappie can return to his Pro Bowl form.
1: Well, they need to. They they need all three of those guys: Braden Smith and Quentin, as well. Those guys. We'll see how left tackle and right guard pan out. Of course, left tackle has to pan out, but you need those three guys to play. I mean, they're three of your top five. You know, paid players cap wise, and you you need to have those guys. Step forward and regain what they had. And, and he sort of mentioned how, which they all do, is well, it wasn't quite as bad as what it may look sometimes. There were some yes, really good it was. things. I know. You yeah. want to say Randall, like, 60 sacks. You're
2: yeah. going to ask him tomorrow why he has, hasn't done anything to yes,
1: that Yes. I mean, there, there's two or three offensive line, which is his cornerstone, one of his cornerstone positions. All they've what they've lost. They've lost. Was it Matt Pryor went to Mm -hmm. Frisco? Mm -hmm. Was it? I think it was. I think so. Yes. But they've signed nobody, and I realize you can. Again, we talked a week or so ago that you don't play till September and all this, but you need probably three. I don't know four bodies who aren't here yet.
0: And I'm not saying, by, I'm just mean players. I mean, those those are guys who eventually make the roster. You can and, sign and more than that and like and, get some guys cut. That's fine. And play. Like, you need it, players.
1: There's three or four guys here that there needs to be three at least three guys who aren't here yet that are going to play. And that's that's just kind of you hopefully
2: know, start at right guard.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So so we'll see. But yeah, there's a lot of questions to ask. To ask Chris, and we'll get. Nothing out of it. Yeah. I, I could, I could, I could type up answers right now. <laughs> you might as well, and I'd be darn close. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not a knock on Chris. It's just the way it is. We, we, he's been available two or three times, owners meetings and combine and all that. And we're we're going to get the same questions, and we're going to get very variations of the same answers because first he's not going to share. When we talk about quarterbacks, he's not going to tell us, "Yeah, we've got this guy first." And he's not going to do that. But the same with all positions. They, they do their work, and they're not going to share because it serves no purpose to share.
0: Jonathan Taylor spoke this week as well, coming off what was certainly a frustrating season for him because the uh, the holes he had uh, two years ago were not there anymore. Uh, the health that he has had for virtually his entire playing career from peewee up until pro was not there. Um, but eyeing a healthy 2023 and uh, hopefully a stronger offensive line in 2023, a downfield passing attack in 2023.
1: Everything conspired against him. Yes. But he's not running yet.
0: Right. Which Another player who's not, not running it's, yet. Which again, it's, it's April. So it's April. Get, yeah, I know. But at the same time, it's it's been like three full months since since the, the last game. And apparently all it was was the old clean-out procedure, whatever, 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 whatever procedure, that means. a clean-out procedure. Like I, I cleaned had, out my closet. I cleaned, had, cleaned out my ankle. You
1: had particles in your closet, and he had particles in his in his ankle. But yeah, he he's one of those guys. You know, like he and Michael Pittman, who were who are eligible for extensions. They were so, and they're always going to be so dependent on offensive line and quarterback. And neither one really had much help to get to be able to really showcase. I think if the offensive line had played better, he still, ankle and all, would have rushed for, I don't know, 1,400 yards, probably. But uh, that's why it's so hard to project what's going to happen because it, once again, it is, as we saw last year, it's so dependent on, yes, the quarterback, yes.
0: And we'll get to that. It's
1: so dependent on the offensive line,
2: both mm-hmm. both
0: of them entirely. So that's the group we got this week. Uh, next week is a voluntary veteran minicamp, uh, so it'll be uh, we'll see a little bit of them on the field as the uh, the NFL well, we draft looms. We, we won't see we them. we won't see them right, but but they will. I'm sure the Colts will will tweet out some videos, is what it, I'm it, saying. It, so we will see that. We won't see them with our own eyes.
1: This is the benefit of having a new coach and a coaching staff. Is you get that extra week, right, and <laughs> they'll get that extra minicamp. Teams with head coaches, and it's it's still. I need to go back and look exactly what you're allowed to do. I still thought it was an offense versus defense. Maybe it is. No, I don't think so. I didn't think it was, but 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 you're on the field. It's hands on, and you kind of get a the weak head start on other teams. With, with your quarterback. No, without the, cause the quarterback. It's, it's, it's three here. days yeah. before look, before be the draft. So you have Gardner but, Minshew. Minshew. Yeah. Yeah, I keep.
2: I mean, who, the Colts last year offense versus offense was hard enough, so they they just need to work on <laughs> offense that versus rule. air was hard enough. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah. So,
1: uh, so slowly but surely, we're getting towards where they actually
0: play football. Exactly. Slowly but surely. Need new windows? Let the Hometown Team help. Hometown Windows and Doors is Central Indiana's premier, locally owned, full-service Anderson dealer with master installers. From design to installation, we handle it all, carrying nationally known brands like Anderson with more options and competitive pricing. Call us direct and get 25% off your windows if you buy within the next 60 days.
2: Please contact your Hometown Team today. We are Central Indiana's premier, locally owned, full-service Anderson dealer. National brand, Hometown feel. The story of Hancock Health is all about you and everything you need to live your healthiest life. Like Hancock Regional, one of the nation's safest hospitals, and an independent health network with over 70 doctors at more than 30 locations around East Central Indiana. We're growing and evolving to help further your story. And we're just getting started. See all the ways Hancock Health and you can work together to make health possible at HancockHealth.org
0: and slowly but surely getting toward what they're going to do a quarterback. And there we go. Joe is pumped up. He's amped. He's excited. Uh he's broken down the uh the top five players uh, who could be first round picks. Top five quarterbacks. You think um, they will be?
1: Think they will be five first rounders? I
2: don't know, man. Hooker's uh, maybe
1: 50-50. His PR firm is really working overtime cuz they've got him they're pushing him up draft boards
2: i do like him but it, it also gets the taste of a player that the media is making a first round pick because wasn't malik willis last year supposed to be a first round pick and then he doesn't go he to, the, to third the third round yeah, exactly. so uh i don't know it's tough to say but we we can kind of go through all of them. we can start with him right here the biggest complaint with him besides his acl being torn in november is the style of offense he played in at Tennessee? He he wasn't asked to really scan the whole field and make reads. It, it was kind of a lot of half field reads, manufactured open guys. Not not necessarily a, a pro style offense. So that would be adjustment for him. He's also already f- uh, I almost said forty five. He's twenty five. Does that, um, does
1: that bother you when a player's twenty five?
2: A little bit. Yeah, to me it really does. How much like, better are you going to get?
1: Well, okay, that I can see. Yep.
2: So ha- have you kind of reached your ceiling already at the age of 25? And uh, Hooker's kind of the guy who's a – I would think if he was completely healthy, he would have gotten enough pre-draft hype that he probably would have been a first-round pick if he was able to would work out – Would he be three team. in this group? It's hard to say. I mean, his numbers were certainly better than Levis, uh any season, really. I mean, for his career, 80 touchdowns, 12 interceptions – Um, he's a four-year starter he he transferred to Tennessee from Virginia I believe Um, so he's a guy who he's on time he gets the ball where it needs to be Um, and he's got some rushing ability as well the last two seasons combined he's rushed for over a thousand yards 10 total touchdowns so he he can do some damage with his legs so he's a guy who's intriguing he's got a lot of skills and he might be a guy who falls to maybe the end of the first round, the second round, and three years from now we're going, man, he was the quarterback team should have been picking all along.
1: Early this week I talked to Bill Polian. It was the 25th anniversary, just to rub it in, the 25th anniversary of taking Peyton Manning, number one, on the 18th, I think it was. And I we were talking all cor- things quarterbacks, and I said sometimes the urgency of finding quarterbacks drives – quarterbacks up draft boards. I said, do you look at these quarterbacks as all five being legit? And he said, yes. And he said, and I like Hooker. He really likes what Hooker might eventually be. So, you know, unlike some years when, when guys are taken and you're thinking, yeah, we sort of thought he wasn't going to be very good, Polian thinks all five of these guys have a chance to be legitimate starters in the nfl
0: i think there are going to be reasons to like all these guys there are reasons not to like all of these guys which is what it's like most years to be perfectly honest like you you get the guys that's a joe burrow that's the obvious number one or an andrew luck an obvious number one trevor lawrence peyton manning they got on peyton because his ball fluttered yeah exactly and, and he had peyton had Manning defeat. wasn't even the obvious number one right like there there was some debate there and there was a little debate around andrew luck a yeah. uh, little debate at least not, not probably not among too many circles but at least in the media, to, to generate some interest that year, I'll bet uh, most of the 32 NFL teams, if not all of the 32 NFL teams, had him at the top of their board. But 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 there's there's all there's something to pick at with all of these guys, with everyone, whether it's Hendon Hooker's age and uh, the college scheme, whether it's uh, Will Levis's accuracy or decision making and, and and and. Drinking mayonnaise in his coffee, disgusting. Eating the banana with, a with the peel still <laughs> on. Bryce Young size. If you take out Bryce Young size, let, let's go to Bryce Young because he's he's starting to become the guy that at least uh, draft. Um, that's not what I was going to say. That uh, that sports books have have implemented as the clear favorite right now. And usually those guys know what they're talking about, usually. Um, he's a like a minus 300 or 400 or even growing. I don't know exactly what the numbers are right now, but that's what I saw, I think, last week, uh, to, to be the first overall pick to the Carolina Panthers,
2: Joe. And unlike with the rest of these teams, there's no reason for the Panthers to send out smoke screens. They can just pick whoever the heck they want. They can want. do what they want, yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, I, I'm kind of by now accepted that it's, Bryce Young, probably 90% chance going number one overall.
0: But at that point, you have a 5'10 quarterback, uh, 200 pounds. Um, He started for two years at Alabama, was really darn good until he got hurt this uh, this second year, um, um, unfortunately. Won the Heisman, um, great decision-maker great playmaker uh, out of sequence can can run an offense in sequence can run an offense uh, the NFL comparison according to Lance Zerline is Drew Brees but obviously Bryce Young uh, chap is a whole lot more uh, athletic than Drew Brees is is a better playmaker than Drew Brees is so you, you look at him you look at his size and his accuracy that's what that's what uh, pops for from a Drew Brees perspective and Honestly, for quarterbacks over the last two decades, uh, you, you're talking accuracy. Uh, Drew Brees has been is the pinnacle of that. To, to so to seventy percent, yeah, every year, yeah. So to see somebody compared to to Drew Brees is is quite the high honor. I know you have to do it; like these guys have to compare them to somebody. But uh, but that that's not one that's just thrown around willy nilly. Yeah,
1: and really the only, I mean, the issue with the size it's it's not so much five ten; it's the two hundred pounds. They, they you know people just wonder if. The constant you're going to get hit. I, I don't care. I don't care what rules they put in. I don't care what you do. How you protect the guy. You're going to get hit. Big guys are going to land on you. So, can, can your 200 pound frame hold up? You know, I, I the only thing I'm concerned about the 200 pounds is is he had to work to get to 200 pounds. Remember the month or so before the draft. What was he 188 or what? what did
2: Some po- 180 something.
1: It reminds me that wrestlers in college you have to. Worked their rear ends off to, to to make weight, but this this seems to be the the, the whole package, and it's just kind of crazy. We get to this time of year, and at one point, C.J. Stroud is is the favorite to go to Carolina because mm-hmm. you know he's got the size, and Frank Reich's always had big quarterbacks. And over the last what two or three weeks, Bryce Young has chased him down somehow.
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was for a while. It was Bryce Young. Duh. And then it was, right. uh, C.J. Stroud is looking pretty pretty good here in Frank Reich's system, and then now it's just back to Bryce Young, duh. Right, yeah. So. right. Yeah,
0: so, so you look at Stroud, this is another guy who who was the one to at least make you question for a little bit, and and the reason that, that Stroud was that guy is uh, for two years he has been incredibly efficient, a great thrower of the football, um, good downfield, uh, accurate, The prototypical NFL size, 6'3", 214 pounds. He will turn 22 in October, so he's only 21 uh, right now, just like Bryce Young is as well. Um, And his NFL comparison, according to Lance Zerline, is Jared Goff, which some some people might gawk at that, like, oh, Jared Jared Goff. Well, Jared Goff also led a team to the Super Bowl, and he did really well with the Lions last year. Not many quarterbacks have done done that well with the Lions, besides Matthew Stafford, uh, over the last 30 years, so... Uh so, so I, I don't think Jared Goff is a slap in the face for C.J. Stroud at all. Um, you, you put a good team around him, and, and you can do good things. But uh, Stroud also, against Georgia, which is the best defense in, in college football, uh, looked very much a playmaking-type quarterback. But he's just, chap, he wasn't asked to do that so much at Ohio State because when you're throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr., you don't need to be the playmaker. You can let other people be the playmakers.
1: And when we talked to Stroud at the Combine, that came up about the lack of of running, And he said, well, he said, I, I wanted to do more. I wish they would let me do more. So, and again, I, and then what's funny is though, the running quarterbacks now in Buffalo, they're trying to rein in Josh Allen. Right. Cause I he's say, running run too, so much. He's running too much because running quarterbacks get hurt. Mm-hmm. They keep showing, we're going to talk about Anthony Richardson. They keep showing highlights and they have got one where he, he's going around the right end and he, and he leaps over a, Linebacker or a cornerback, and it's a great highlight. I don't want my quarterback doing that. Right, I just don't because you're going to get hurt. But but run enough, be elusive enough in the pocket. There's, there's nothing that breaks a defense more than third and five, and you've got the perfect defense called. You got everybody covered. And the quarterback breaks containment and gets first down.
0: You sound like a, a a media member who has seen that happen way too many times against the team that, he, that he's covered well, for the go, last 40 go years. Go
1: back to the, the Philly game here uh, when the Colts should have beat him. Yep. And Jalen Hurts wouldn't let him lose. And then, you know, they, they call the quarterback sneak on the at the goal line. So mobility is really good. Uh, get, you know, make sure you're a passer first who can run when necessary or when the play call needs it.
2: Yeah. I mean, with Stroud, it's, you know, you, you look at the Georgia game. If he played like that every game, he'd probably be the first overall pick. But the fact is he just didn't. And he didn't have to at Ohio State. And so you just kind of wonder, you know, he had two tackles on both sides that m- both of them might, might be first-round picks. Right. if not a first and a second-round pick. Right. His center is probably going to be a day-two pick this year. We already mentioned Marvin Harrison, Jr., Um, so much talent at wide receiver last year, two Ohio State wide receivers go in the first round Mm -hmm. Uh, probably another one this year with uh, Jackson Jackson Smith Smith and Jigma so Mm -hmm. how he's extremely accurate, the best thrower of the football, but if you suddenly don't have all that go right, which is why I think the Jared Goff comparison is so good we saw that with the Rams, he was great when he had all that talent around him, and you know, Brandon Cooks Robert Woods Uh, Cooper Cup, uh, Todd Gurley, a good offensive line with Whitworth at left tackle, and all the all this stuff. But then when that started to deteriorate, he wasn't able to kind of carry the load and carry the team and and make plays uh, that weren't there to be made. So if everything is on script and right, C.J. Stroud is terrific. The question is, is he going to be able to make magic happen when everything is not on script and? not right and so there's just questions about his ceiling there and then recently we've seen so many reports that it it has a taste of smokescreen all over it but we've seen reports that
1: processing is that what it is
2: it it was the s2 test right is that what it's called yes um we saw you know uh levis richardson and and young reportedly all scored in the 90s which was very good young Young was a 98 Mm-hmm. Which was like the highest right. ever or or better than Burrow, and what a lot of people said of some of the best scores. Uh, Stroud didn't do so good, apparently. I haven't seen an exact number for him, but um, and then there was a report that's since been refuted that he bailed on the Peyton Manning Academy the night before, and then someone came out and said that's not true. Um there's been reports about his or questions about his coachability. It, it just kind of seems like a concerted effort to make him fall down the draft board a little bit. Uh, so the
1: team is trash and he wants him to fall to him. Yeah. Could be. Hey, yeah, Could be. Exactly.
2: Because we haven't heard any of this the entire process, and then just a few weeks before the draft we have multiple reports about mm-hmm. these little things just kind of poking and prodding. So you wonder how much of that is valid. And how much of that is just kind of fabricated by a team that wants him to fall?
0: Yeah, the uh, the 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 Manning Passing Academy thing seemed unique. I saw like it it came from a a podcast originally with Brady Quinn, and I forget I forget what he said, but like I saw that Brady responded to a a Twitter thread about this, saying you didn't listen to the entire podcast, like you you cherry picked one thing that we talked about for two minutes and, and not. Everything about this story. So apparently it was initially something that was taken out of context anyway, which which I would hate somebody to take something that that we talked about for one minute out of context here on this podcast and make a story out of it, because you talk for 60 minutes every week. And sometimes, often we go back to the same topics over and over again to talk to uh, and add context to it. So, um, so apparently, it wasn't even that big of a deal in the first place, is is what I'm saying. Well, right?
2: I, I think I saw that too. He said something the likes of, but I, you know, I he said the thing about the Peyton Manning Academy, but but then followed that up by saying, but he's still the number two quarterback in the draft or, or something like that. Okay. And then I saw another report coming out that said he didn't bail on the. Manning Academy at all and so I don't know where that's coming from it's just strange if some of these things are kind of valid then it makes you question because your quarterback above all else has to have the character that leads the team and the leadership and the determination but if it's completely made up and maybe he falls a little bit and gets to the Colts and becomes a steal then it, it'll benefit somebody,
0: and, and there there are a slew of teams, Mike, uh, outside of the top two that need quarterbacks. You know, obviously number one Carolina, number two Houston, uh, number four Indianapolis. There's Seattle at five. There's the Raiders right behind them. There's the Seahawks right behind them. There's the Falcons right behind them. All before we get to number ten, I think, in the draft, all these teams that could be interested in trading Tennessee. up. Tennessee is right there as well. So teams, can you imagine uh, Houston trading with Tennessee? Oh boy. That would be real stick in the gut to the Colts. No, well, but I, you just can't trade in your division. Exactly, you yeah, can't. Yeah. You can't. If they chose to trade with them and not to the Colts, right? Would, I, I would, oh, boy. I, I wouldn't laugh. I'd be, oh, boy. But, but you, can't, you just can't take a chance on trading in your
1: division and giving your division no. rival. Stud but it's wreck. the
0: same thing, like you can't take a chance and let your division rival trade in front of you. True. Like if you can't trade with your division rival, you also can't let your division rival trade in front of you. Those to me are very similar things that you have some control over. I mean, to trade up number one, that what Carolina did was a little bit different. They gave up an asset in um, in the wide receiver DJ, Moore. DJ Moore. That uh, that was maybe something that was unique that they were able to move up and the Colts would have had to get rid of Michael Pittman jr. And that same thing to get up to number one, which do they do it? Like, do you want to do that? You you could make that argument, I think, but at the same time, I mean, like who are you going to throw to? If I'm the
2: bears, that? I'd still rather have DJ Moore.
0: Yeah, True. Ex- exactly. So, 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 so anyway, I'm kind of taking, I'm kind of saying, put that aside, but if you're going to move up to number three, that with Arizona, because I think two is probably out of the, out of the question for both Tennessee and Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Three would be it if the Texans do stand put and maybe they take Will Anderson there if they really don't like any quarterback. Which
2: Mike doesn't believe for a second. Yeah, I no, don't believe for a second. No,
0: neither, neither do I. Uh, if they really don't like any quarterback besides Davis Bryce Mills, Young.
1: and who's the, other, who's the other one? Case Keenum. Keenum. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe he's still in the league. I know. Uh, well, isn't
2: Brian is. Hoyer still in the league? Yeah, he went in, to the Raiders. In, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. How about that? Because you know they're so, just trying to build the so Patriots what? 2.0 yeah. over there.
0: I'm just saying you, you cannot you cannot let your division rival trade in front of you. you if they're going to if they're going to offer something you've got to offer a little bit but more. I don't think if
2: anyone would it would be Ballard who, who would just be cocky enough to be like, "Sure, go ahead. You want to spend all yeah. that draft? There that would sweet be draft." There capital. would be
0: a number. Yep, you're right. You are completely right that if there is a GM I think in the NFL who would who will not be bullied into uh, exactly. He would a do move? that. But but like I I think th- this is just going to be such an interesting year or two because of what happens at quarterback here and if the Colts if the Colts decide to stay where they are, not move up, not be aggressive for a guy or even not take a quarterback in the first round. Cuz if I to to take a quarterback or to not take a quarterback chap, any of these guys, I think it's it comes with the same level of um, of scrutiny, like either way, because c- if you if you take a quarterback, you've hitched your wagon to him if you're Chris Boward. If you don't take a quarterback, then you're betting that all of them will fail.
2: I a- think that's more scrutiny. You think so. yeah mm-hmm. because then then what are you doing? It's just another year where' <laughs> kicking the can kicking the can. like you, you got you have to address this and, and it's better to take a chance and a risk and, and not be right than not take that chance at all. So, you know, it's better to love a quarterback and lose than to have never loved a quarterback at all.
0: Well, well put, Joe. We'll get to the last two quarterbacks, especially the one that you love, which is Anthony Richardson, who is only 20 years old. He will not even be able to celebrate with an adult beverage when he gets drafted here. Legally. Legally. He won't legally be able to. Thank you, Chap, for uh, for clarifying. Uh, 6'4", 244 pounds, large human being, uh, compared to Cam Newton by Lance Zerline of NFL.com. Um, Elite athlete, elite arm strength, doesn't have a whole lot of game experience. Um, thirteen starts. So, so thirteen starts. You you take Joe, just a, a piece of clay to uh to mold properly. You need the right coach. You need the right coordinator. You need the right quarterback coach. So a a a, dra- a team that drafts Anthony Richardson is betting not just on him, but also on what they have already in the building. In my opinion.
2: Yeah, I uh, you guys know I love Anthony Richardson. We do. I love his Anyone upside. who listens to
0: the podcast knows. I
2: love his ability to basically you could take the same game plan with Justin Hurts and apply it to Richardson. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, sorry. Yes, that's okay. Uh, as he develops, you know, start him off running the ball 12 times a game. Read option with him and JT in the backfield would be pretty deadly. Um, And then as he develops as a passer, kind of start to scale that back, less you know, running less and less and less. I mean, could you imagine the the Eagles' unstoppable play last year, the quarterback sneak, but with a bigger quarterback and Anthony Richardson, I mean, they'd get three, four yards every time. Um, and, And I know his numbers last year, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions. They don't wow you. But if you look, he gets better as the season goes along first three games of the year, zero touchdown passes, four interceptions. So that's that's a tough start right there. And then you look at the last three games of the year, eight touchdown passes, two interceptions. Um, he had a new o- uh, offensive coordinator, new offense every single year in Florida. So not only was it his first year starting, but it was his first year in that offense. And then you saw the improvement, the vast improvement as the season went along. Um, I, I think I fell even deeper in love with him when he released that letter to the GMs or or whatever it was, and talked about what all this meant for him. He just through seems, the NFLPA, through yes. the NFLPA. Yes. That's right. He um, just, which kind of just showed me he's that football lifer, breathes it every single day, just like Steichen talked about. His quarterback needs to wake up, be the first one in the building, last one out the door. Wake up thinking about football, go to sleep thinking about football, and that's what this guy is, uh, or at least appears to be. So when I I look at a guy who appears to have the mental makeup to make those developmental steps that are necessary, and then he also has the athleticism that gives him the highest ceiling of probably any player in this draft, uh, those are things I want to bet on.
0: Chap, what still uh, could excite you about Richardson also scares you. Everything about it, like all, all the good things comes with the other side of the coin. If he's a great runner, he's going to take more hits than everyone else. We saw what happened with Cam Newton in his career. The highs for Cam Newton were incredibly high. He got Carolina to the Super Bowl. He led them to a 15-1 record. He was an MVP, but he also fell off a cliff. So you, you take what has happened before in the NFL, you hope to learn lessons from that. And, and, maybe, and this offense gave up 60 sacks last year. Right, yeah, you try to do things different. But, but yes, you look at uh, what what Anthony Richardson could bring to a team. I think that, like everything that Joe said, Colts fans should be over the moon, excited, if you have a guy like Anthony Richardson at quarterback, but you should also be very much nervous about the future as well. And and both of those emotions are perfectly understandable. You'll probably have a little bit of a mix of both if he's the guy they go with.
1: And, and if you're the Colts, a couple things. Do you have – will you have the patience maybe that it takes – with Richardson, because he won't be ready to play, I assume, uh, at least not a, week one, an extended period, and maybe more so is Chris Ballard at a point in his career here that he can invest in such a, I, I guess high risk is is is, is the term, because it, it seemed like this is a, either a home run, or it's not.
2: If you're making your decision based on either of those, then it's already tainted. Because then you're doing what's best for you, not what's well, best for the franchise. Yeah,
1: I, I guess, I guess. But it seems like it's it's such a negative term that there are safer picks. But what you're saying is this kid's ceiling is 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 better than anyone—not quarterback, but anyone. So uh, th- that's why. So I even saw some that's it, gone away about Carolina taking this kid first overall, which was,
0: th- that's the Richardson. Never really accurate. That's the
1: think. Richardson PR firm. Yes. Really cranking stuff out. Mm-hmm. It's it's like he sh- had a great
0: meeting with the Panthers. Yeah, I think they really liked him. Well, what, what
1: really, the thing that I, I can't get past, two things. It's the one-year starter, 13 starts. That, that matters. It, it just matters. And I always, always get nervous when a guy's stock Goes through the roof because he had a great combine, athletically and testing mm-hmm. wise, and then a great. Of course, he's gonna have a great pro day. I mean, if you have a bad pro day, then just cross him off your list. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it's a cautionary tale when when a guy is just is just great athletically and testing because I, I, it, it just it just it almost makes you not look not spend more time or or not put more value. On what you saw in the field, because you are betting on, we can with with the, the the pound of clay that you can make this game
0: to something really really special. Yeah, we we've seen guys who win gold medals in the underwear Olympics uh, go to the league and uh, more so at, at other positions yes. at other positions. Yes, but
1: it it just it just makes me a little nervous. But I'm nervous by yeah. nature.
2: I mean I. You know, I, I think it would be a serious consideration if, if Stroud did fall, Richardson versus C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. Which would
1: you take? Would you take it, Richardson?
2: I might I might go for Richardson. It, it'd be tough because I, mm-hmm. I think highly of Stroud as well. But, I mean, Mike just said it. This team gave up 60, what, 66 sacks last year? Sixty. And for a guy who his question is being able to create and his question is, you know, does everything have to be right and on time around him for him to be good um, you know Richardson seems, seems like the kind of guy with the offensive line that you currently have that he can either escape the pressure or you're not asking him to drop back you're asking him to run and move forward and we're basically working on you know you're only doing a true pass set maybe 20 times a game um, so I, I think it's tough but uh, this next guy here um, who I'm not as high on but I've, I've kind of warmed up to Will Levis because the, the 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 smoke out there is that the Colts love them some will love us
0: mm-hmm. it is uh, we've heard that from multiple uh, different national reporters uh, that uh, they're that's what they've kind of got and uh, and chap you're you're one to always say that the Colts are very careful with what they release um, but but nevertheless it seems that a lot of people think that uh, people inside this building uh, have some some good feelings uh, about Will Levis. Whether they have better feelings about others, well, th- I think that's that's to be determined. But um, I, there, Will Levis is certainly one of the more scrutinized guys, along with Anthony Richardson in this group. It seems like that there are more reasons to to question them uh, as opposed to question Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, who are all. Almost entirely projected top five in almost every mock that, that you see out there, save a couple that uh, go off the rails. But uh, Levis, a guy at 6'4", 229, another big quarterback, uh, started for two years at Kentucky, certainly had a better 2021 than he had 2022 when he was in a pro-style offense and had better weapons around him. Um, NFL comparison: Jay Cutler, according to Boy, Lance Zerline. Yeah, I, I know, I know you. I do. hated to see but, that. But then Hendon Hooker's comparison is is uh, Desmond Ritter. So I mean, there you uh, th- These comparisons uh, take them with a grain of salt. I don't think Bryce Young is going to be Drew Brees. I don't think Anthony Richardson is going to be Cam Newton. Uh, but but uh, but nevertheless, a, a Jay Cutler comparison will. It kind of it it goes to a, a guy with a, an incredibly strong arm, which Will Levis clearly has. Um, I, I think. What's between, what's in the six inches between the ears for Will Levis will will determine whether he's a success in the league and whether you like that or not. Like some people, you listen to his um, his press conferences at either pro day or he at likes the combine. Him will Levis. He does, and, and like what what do you think about that? I what, what and I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying NFL teams. What do you think about this? Do you think it this can is real you in either way? Yes. Do you think this is genuine? Do you think this is something that is is a is what a leader does and takes takes charge in situations and will be the first one out onto the battlefield leading the team, or is it uh, just false confidence and false bravado at this point that uh, you're trying to pump yourself up before the biggest job interview in your life? So that, that that's what teams have to determine. Is this a genuine leadership quality from Will Levis, and if it is – You'll follow him into battle, and, and and you would love to have a guy like that on your roster. If it is not, and it is, if it is fake, then then he could fall. If a lot of teams feel this way, uh, certainly outside of the top five, and and likely more uh, more to the bottom of the first round.
1: That's why you just don't know. You don't exactly. know. You don't know. And that, and what you're talking about is the hardest part of evaluating these guys. Is is we, we all these guys have incredible talent, physical talent, whether it. Whether you blend in the running and all that, but they can they can flat throw the football. They can, but I, I've seen two or three guys come through here who would have put Peyton Manning to shame <laughs> in, a, the ball. In, in a pure throwing
0: exercise. <laughs> uh, yeah. they, they would. There's a lot of quarterbacks that would put him to shame in just how the ball but looks. But when, when, when you
1: sand. when you put when you add the obsessive gene that he's got and being a natural leader, not over the top. Now, he, he'd bark at you, but he wasn't – he didn't take you by the lapels and shake it. you. You just knew, okay, this is a guy. Let's let us do this. Uh-huh. And one of the biggest things that separated Manning and Leaf was that – was that uh, intangible, I guess, but it, the, the, the Colts just found out that Manning was that type of a leader, and there were questions about Leaf. Uh-huh. And you know, history said that the Colts got it right. And, and if, if had the Colts gone a different way, we're not doing this podcast because there's probably not an NFL team here.
0: Joe, we uh, when when Chris Boward and all the uh, the front office makes a decision, it it's certainly going to be about more than just skill. It's going to mm-hmm. be about what guy they want to lead this franchise for the next you're fifteen the years. The, you're the face of the franchise, exactly. They have to be able to handle that and handle it well.
2: And I will say this about Levis: uh, he the reports are that he is. In a way, kind of similar to Richardson, like a football lifer. Junkie. This, a junkie, yeah. Day in and day out. Um, he's been to the Manning Academy. They did the Omaha Productions, the little thing on them they released recently. And they're all kind of puff pieces. They're not really critiquing these guys too so that's much. That's what our Archie does. Yeah. Right. Archie yep.
1: leads it. Those are pretty good. I mean, you, you realize what they are, but they're still pretty good. I yeah.
2: Agree. I, I was talking about this with one of my coworkers uh, earlier today, um, just to kind of wrap this up here with Will Levis. If Anthony Richardson wasn't in this draft class, if he had gone back to school for another year, which maybe if he had done that, he would have been the first overall pick next year. Who knows? Um, despite the other quarterbacks who are talented next year. I-, I think people would look at Levis a lot differently. Because what's kind of hurt his stock is he is incredibly talented physically, more clearly more physically talented than Young or Stroud by far. Uh, not just with the rocket arm, but he could run the ball too. But compared to Richardson, who right. you, you compare anyone to, a to unicorn. Richardson, he's a freak. Exactly. So it, it, you can't even say he's the most athletic, has the most upside athletically anymore because of Richardson. So when I look at it like that, I do get a little bit more excited about Will Levis because he has a lot of tools. That if you're able to get him even close to his potential, he's going to be a stud. He, he's going to be a Justin Herbert-like quarterback. Um, it, it's just can you really tune that? It, it, could he be a Herbert, or is he going to be a Carson Wentz, or you know Jay Cutler, another similar guy? Who if he was on, man, he was on. But it, the consistency just isn't there, and that's kind of what we saw in college. And, and also, he's turns twenty four in June, mm-hmm. so it's not like he's like Richardson, who's twenty, and it's right. like, well, he's got. Uh, of course, he's not a finished product yet. You know, he, he's he's one of those guys who you're like, is this his ceiling? Yep.
0: And uh, and and that's what that's what Chris Ballard has to figure out, and that's what the front office has to figure out. That's what the coaching staff is talking about. That's what everyone. That's what the all the discussion is over the next week.
2: To what, wrap up the show here, if you had to put money. On a quarterback that the Colts are going to come away with next week, who's it? Who would it be?
1: I was going to take it, the question first, but I'd say Stroud, because my question is, do you believe the Colts stay at four, or do they need to move up to get their guy? And I don't know how you speculate because you have no idea what Houston does. Does Houston take a defensive player and take their quarterback at was it twelve? So I
2: or just kick the can for next year's class. They
1: can't do that. Who, what if you win four games? Then you're not in position to get the guy. So, but I, it, it's it's I, I'm still in, in in the belief that you you have to move to three. I just don't know that you can sit there at four. And take what's there. I just think you have to at least control as much as you can control. But that's only if they believe these guys. A couple of these guys are worth it. Yeah. So I really don't know.
2: I think would they and will they are very different. I don't think they will. I think they're going to sit at four and just take yeah. who falls to them because I think they're very confident that someone they like is going to fall to them.
0: I, I'm really debating between Stroud and Levis. Those are the two that, that I think. Uh, sorry, Joe, that I, I don't think Richardson is, yeah. is coming here. But uh, I, I'm really leaning toward one of those two. Uh, if Stroud falls to them, then, then I think they would take him. But if, but if it's not, I think it's Will Levis' time. What if about I- you?
2: If I had to put money on one, I'd say Will Levis, mm-hmm. even though I I don't like it. But again, what, I can talk myself into him. Right.
1: What, what's crazy is I've I've seen some mock drafts by more some of these established guys, and if Levis gets past the Colts at four, he drops. Right. I mean, into the bottom third, which is crazy because, like you said, there are some teams that need quarterbacks. But uh, it's fascinating. I I just it, with without knowing what Houston's going to do. It's just hard to speculate what the what's gonna be there for the Colts. Mm-hmm.
0: And so uh so don't believe anything you hear over the next week, basically. Uh the uh the smoke will be they uh, they have
1: to take a, Houston has to take quarterback, <laughs> don't they? So,
0: <laughs> so you heard it here on the po- Colts Blues on podcast first that Houston has to take a quarterback according to Mike Chappell. They can do whatever they want. Mike. Exactly. Of course they could take it a twelve. They could, yeah, exactly. Then they, they could. could yeah, they'll, they'll see Maybe they could
2: trade up yeah, trade
0: up from twelve. Yeah. They can take Will Anderson there and then Take their twelve and package it with a second or third round pick. Uh, get up. See, that's, that's one thing that six or seven we'll probably go Seattle. a little bit long here. But the thing about the that's Colts okay. moving Let up out.
1: from four to three, and what they would have to give up—probably two twos. I don't know, two twos and a four or whatever—to
2: do that. If that just depends on how many other teams. Well, want see, that's through. the
1: problem. It's kind of like what Carolina did. The further up you go, the more you're giving up. Right so it's going to be really the Colts will not be able to match someone moving up behind them but how much does Houston and Arizona want to fall back right which that that's if you're the Colts that's what you're hoping for is he, he, Arizona can slide back just you just flip with you and get the player they want
0: i think it might matter how much Arizona, this is going to be my final thought, I promise. We, we, we're not going to talk forever for you guys. I know you all love the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Appreciate that. But like, I think it depends. I think somebody if, – if Houston doesn't take a quarterback and somebody trades up with them, somebody will trade up with them for a quarterback, I think it depends on how much Arizona likes Will Anderson above everybody else. Because if they think that Will Anderson is better than everyone else in this draft – they'll be willing to trade with the Colts back just one spot. Because you're
1: going to get him. Exactly. And you're going to get a couple of draft picks to go with
0: it. But if there's a group of four or five guys that they really like there, who like uh, they, they would be more willing to move back to Seattle's spot or Vegas's spot or Tennessee's spot. And then take one of those four or five guys and bring in a truckload more than the Colts would offer. You get what I'm saying? Yep. Which I think so, is more likely. Yeah. So, so that I think is the key to this draft. That is it. Like, what does Arizona think of Will Anderson? That that's that's that. I wouldn't that's the be surprised thing.
2: if Will Anderson's not the first defensive player t- or defensive intake, and Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech is said to have the higher upside because he's better physically gifted despite will anderson being very athletic so the one report that i think is very true is toss out the mock drafts there's so much variability with this draft that it, it's a down year for the nfl draft it just kind of is uh, re- reading a lot of po- reports there's like teams think there's five blue chip players and about 15 guys with first round grades and when that happens There's no set in stone, yeah, this guy's a consensus top whatever pick. Right. So it's going to be random out there, and it's going to be wild. I can't wait.
1: And more people want to move back than move Move up. up. Yeah, exactly because you're not if you don't get that blue chip
2: guy early he won't be and it takes two to tango it always does
0: hey next week we're going to talk about the draft more in general we'll go a date earlier on wednesday just so you can certainly have time to listen to it before thursday if you are here in the indianapolis area make sure to tune in to our blue zone before the draft special on fox 59 7 30 next thursday right before the draft we'll also have a blue zone after the draft special Sunday night, April 30th at 11 p.m. So put those on your calendars. We appreciate you listening to the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Follow us online on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. I'm Dave Griffiths at Dave G underscore sports. Mike Chappell's at Chapel 51 Follow his work online, fox59.com, cbs4indy.com. Also, Joe Hopkins on the board as well, uh, leading us uh, here, there, and everywhere. So we'll see you next week, draft week, on the Colts Blue Zone podcast.